Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast. We believe that negative emotions and circumstances shouldn't be allowed to run your life. Join our hosts, Steve Freitag and Mary Carlton, as they discuss real practical truths that you can apply today to have God's light shine in the most painful places of your life. Welcome to the first episode of the Cross Council Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean Sebastian. I am joined by our directors, Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag. How are y'all doing today? Awesome. Awesome. Man. Good to be here. Today, we are talking about uh, a little bit about Cross Council, like why why Cross Council does what Cross Council does and why, Steve, you do what you do and Mary, you do what you do. So, um, Steve, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background, um, kind of the, the history you know, what, what got you into cross council in the first place? Sure. Real briefly, I was in church ministry. I was an associate pastor and doing a lot of work with youth and uh, a crazy uh, bunch of people from our church loaded up in two vans and they uh, headed to a spiritual warfare conference. And I was fine to let them go and uh, do their thing. I had other things on my mind. We had two small boys at the time. And when they came back, they talked about just this phenomenal presentation that they heard. And that uh, the director at that time, Leo Brown, cross council said that if, if what I heard in this workshop, if half of it's true, then I really need to think through what it truly means to, uh, to grow in our relationship with Christ. And so the more that he unloaded that, the more that I, my eyes were, were open to the reality of what it means to get out of God's way so that people can find healing and freedom. So that was, it was just awesome. I started to step into it myself. I was, I was kind of the typical, um, I kind of thought that growing in Christ or becoming a mature Christian was uh, improve your theology and get gray hair. And there's a lot more to it than that. And so people are hurting. People are crying out for, for genuine, authentic help and just giving them two verses and call me in the morning as a pastor. That kind of advice doesn't really cut it. People, people are looking for more. And what we found across council really does change people's lives. That, that thought about um, growing in Christ, being improving your theology, it, it's almost, and, and this is something that um, both of y'all helped me with actually is like, I kind of thought of it as like Christian growth is like eventually like you die and then God gives you a scantron <laughs> and you got to fill in the bubbles. <laughs> Like, okay, this is what I believe about this. What I believe about this. This is the, you know, and, um, and then like he puts on the machine and it's like, oh, goat, sorry, bro. And it's like, it's like, oh man, I thought I was a sheep. I thought I was like his, his lamb. Um, but it's not that. And, um, I think at some point we should probably talk about like that whole idea in general, but, um, Mary, what, what about you? What, tell us about your background. Yeah, that would be a great topic, Sean. Um, I don't think I was <clears throat> near as spiritual about why I came to get ministry. Lots of time throughout my life trying to get over things, you know, trying to feel like I matter, try to feel like I belong, try to get rid of the shame that I felt all the time that I was pushing down. And honestly, I don't think I'd really um, been a Christian very long. I've been in cross counselor doing this ministry for 20 years. I've been a Christian for 30. So I, I had only had around 10 years of doing the, what everyone 
had taught me to do in church, which is read the word and pray and ask God to help you. And if you feel negative emotions, you know, don't, don't rely on those because that leads you into a bad place and, you know, just believe what God says. And there, there is some truth in that. There is a way to balance that. But I found after, you know, the first 10 years of trying to do that, that I had encountered God a couple of times that were really meaningful and changed me some, but <clears throat> I still was loaded with fear and shame. And so, you know, I bought every self-help book. I read every Christian book out there about counseling and even going to your past and all kinds of things. And they just, they gave me a lot of good information about what was happening with me, but I didn't get free from that. And so I remember the first time that I had a session with transformational prayer and I got free of something that my whole life I tried to get rid of. And I was hooked because for me, it was all about getting rid of the negative emotions in my life. So I could feel like a real person and walk through life, you know, with joy and be able to get out of my own self-focus all the time, which is what you do when you're hurting. It's all about you. Get out of that and actually start to love the people around me because I wasn't constantly trying to manage my own pain. So for me, I was hooked. And from then on, I've become very good at this process because it's just the problem that both of us experience is very common in Christian circles. You want to get free. You're told how to get free. A lot of times it doesn't work or it doesn't get to the root of it. And we're still the same person, still hurting, still hurting other people. So that's just not good enough. You know, that's not the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. It's so, he has so much more than that for us. Oh, completely. Yeah. That's powerful too. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of feel, oh man, I don't want to call it a hamster wheel. I don't know what else to call it though, but like, but it is like a hamster wheel of your own willpower of like, you know, this is what, this is what I said. It's, you know, what they say it's supposed to be. I gotta, I have to memorize this. I gotta do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially when, when Paul so actively speaks out against that kind of living anyway. Yes. Yeah. I know that what I saw a lot of and This is just, you know, church, we love each other in church and we want to help. Right. And so there's there's a lot of well-meaning people that are trying to help those that are hurting and and God's called them to do that. And I think that's amazing. But what I saw happen a lot was and it even happened with me, you know, someone would come to town and they'd have a great message or the pastor would preach. He'd have a great message on letting go of your past or getting over things. I would do what they said. I would try really hard. And, and I might even have an emotional experience and I might feel really good and really free in that moment, but nothing changed in my life. I went home and that wore off. And, and then what it does is it sets you up in this cycle of feeling like there's something wrong with me or God doesn't love me. And he did, he did it for everyone else, but he didn't do it for me. It actually hurts your relationship with God. It makes you feel hopeless because you see, you look around, you see everybody, you think they're all getting free. I'm not getting free. What's wrong with me or God doesn't love me. It's, it's not good. Yeah. It's sad for me to look back at 
my times counseling as a pastor and how inadequate it was when people came in and they were hurting and they had certain fears or insecurities. It was, well, just here's, here's a verse for you. Here's some principles. And I remember people, um, me getting the feeling that after we had our little session, people walked out going, wow, that young kid really knows his Bible. I think I'll give uh, those thoughts a try. And then they come back again and they would just recycle the same thing. They'd get a little smarter. I could share a little bit of my so-called wisdom at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sure. They, they understood a few more things, but it never really got to the heart and people just would recycle in their pain. And I can't imagine where my life would be without transformational prayer in my life. I can't imagine what my marriage would be like. I can't imagine what kind of parent I would have been. People talk quite often about stopping the cycles Mm -hmm. generationally. And um, sometimes the things that we, what we head toward, and even if it's, I don't want to be like my dad, or I don't want to be like my mom, we're so focused on not wanting to be like them. We either become them or we throw everything out and, and we have this pendulum swing and we're uh, way too permissive with our kids out of our fear that we're, they're going to reject us because we felt rejected. And it gets so out of balance when we don't have that healthy foundation of maturity and what it means to walk with Jesus. You know, and for the person on the other side of the desk, you know, for leaders and pastors who are trying to counsel someone, how frustrating because they know the person doesn't get free. They know next week the person has the same issue. You get that phone call or they talk to you after church or whatever. And, and that's got to be so disheartening to, to want that person to get free. And, and I think a lot of times the person after a while starts to feel shame because I'm not getting over this thing. Or, or they had a great experience with someone who prayed for them. But the issue didn't get resolved. So now they're scared to tell the person, I'm still feeling afraid or I'm still angry. And so they start to shove it down. I did that totally. Start to shove it down and perform. And then we're not real with other people who who need who we are, but also we're not real with God and, and not able to deepen our relationship because we're hiding stuff. It's, it's really some bad cycles that go on in a Christian's life. And what we do stops those cycles. It really gets to the root of it. It really gets people free. They really do experience transformation and peace. And their life starts to change. And, and, and when they walk out, our goal is that that person never deals with that uh, pain over that situation again. That's our goal. And that's a reality many times, actually, with most people who who come in. So what a relief, you know, for that person and also for the one trying to help them. And I I can imagine that's really frustrating for pastors, too. Like like Steve, when when somebody would leave and then come back with the same, like what what was going on in you at the time? I I just had to reach deeper inside of myself for more knowledge. Mm. Or insight. And of course, there was this Lord giving something here to give them. Sure. I'm not saying that it was absolutely useless. I don't want to say that. Right. For us to be, you know, uh, students of the word and, and to lean into that stuff. So, um, and, and if they're encouraged, that's fine. But uh, down the road, as we do this podcast, I think we're going to help people redefine what, what truly, what inner healing means. And 
boy, if you had asked me 25 years ago, I got, I stepped into this in about 1997, Mary was about four years later. So we've both been doing this a long time. If you would have asked me about inner healing, I would have probably just said, well, Jesus already healed us. He already paid for everything on the cross and you just have to believe it. And that's your identity in Christ. Um, but then there's this, this sentiment now that inner healing is just, well, I feel better now. And the point isn't just to feel better. The, the point is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And it's just these little bumps and these little encouragements. Let's just call them what they are. It's better than discouragement. It's better than hopelessness. Uh, and a Band-Aid is better than nothing. But we have set such a high bar because I think Jesus did. I don't see any example in the Gospels where Jesus healed somebody just a little bit. Maybe it's there, right. but I don't, I don't see that. So our bar is like, when we go into uh, memories, we can talk more about that in future podcasts, but we want everything in that place to be cleaned up because Jesus cares so much about us that he doesn't want anything left hidden. And it can be painful to be honest with ourselves. I've dealt with more of my personal sin through this. People think that we take sin lightly and it's just about, oh, the things that have happened to us in the past. No, it's really like coming to grips and being honest and vulnerable with God and vulnerable with somebody else, a brother or sister in Christ. There is such benefit to that just by itself. But when you add in opening the door to Jesus into those places as his spirit starts to sort things out for us, it's life changing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for bringing that up about that pastors and leaders and people who minister to the hurting really do have a role and what they do really can help a person. And at the very minimum, the person can have a relationship with someone who they know cares about them, right? They don't feel so alone. Um, as a body of Christ, we're supposed to be loving each other, caring for each other. And so that's a really, there's so many roles that are really important. And, and I value and honor what what you used to do and what pastors do with their flock now, but the role of getting a person free from a negative emotion and a current um, pattern of work of behaving that, that there causes them to be crippled in their life or causes them to have bad relationships or make poor decisions or to always feel less than all of those kind of negative emotions. That's really where we shine what we do is so valuable. And so coupled with what the church does and what pastors do and all the other people who minister, um, it can be so powerful in growing people up into really the relationship they need with the Lord. So um, it's all valuable and we're not discounting that. But what we do is also extremely important. It's a piece of what Christ does, obviously, because he's the one that is there in every session that sets people free. So if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't be doing it. And he is doing it. And so it's not us doing anything. It's us leading a person's heart to be open to a place where they can actually have an authentic encounter with Christ. And he does the healing and he, he never holds back. He cares about the tiniest little things and the big, huge things. He's there for everything for all of us. So people need to know that and be able to experience that. And that's what we do. I think it's been interesting over the years, like people ask, like, 
do you do this? Do you work with these type of people? Do you work with those type of people? It's I've never felt called to have a specialty or we go to Nicaragua, Honduras, you've been to Bolivia, Mary. Uh, everybody still comes back to being so essentially the same on the inside, even though we all have unique experiences, the, the lies that we tell ourselves or the lies that the enemy wants us to believe are so similar. And so there's nobody that walks into our office here where I feel like I have to gear up for them that I um, am intimidated because I know that that person, every person that walks through the doors is loved by Jesus and that he's got something in store for them if they're willing to step into it. And I look at our culture today and uh, how lost I think so many people are without purpose and especially young men. I've got two sons in their twenties who are on track, have purpose in their life. And part of that comes from what God did inside of me. But I think back, Sean, to you, like first meeting you down in Texas as I came down from Madison and just like your, your desire to like come up here for an internship. And I just wanted to hear a little bit more about your story and how that all fits in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, when, when y'all were talking about like the examples of like the performer, you know, that would like just put things down. That was definitely me for sure. And um, I remember being uh, maybe 18, 19 years old and I'm, I'm there at the front of the church and there was a guest speaker. I think, I think it was a dude from like CFNI. And then he comes, he prays for me. And he's like, he's like, man, what do you need? What do you need? And I'll never forget the what came out of my heart was, I love the way I feel right now, but I want to feel it past the parking lot. Mm. Wow. And even then it didn't last. And it was, it was an amazing experience. It was great. Um, but I'd never communicated it that way before, mm. you know, and um, he prayed for me. It was awesome. It was very heartfelt. And, uh, but it, it wasn't until about two years later that, um, I I got connected with Mary at at church because there was a girl that I was very interested in. She was very very cute uh, in the class, and I was like, "Hey, I'm interested in this inner healing thing. Let's let's go." And so um, I went in, and then I, I think I remember her telling me specifically that there was like a three month waiting list, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is like legit crazy." All right, let's let's go. So then there was a training that came up. Um, did did the basic training? I think that was like in 2007. Uh, with Mary. And then uh, Steve, you came down from Wisconsin and they were just like, oh man, cool. This is like communicating it in a, in a very relatable way, you know, and, and uh, yeah, just, just a convergence of, of like the ministries and stuff. So then went up to Wisconsin for six weeks, Steve, I think. Yeah. yeah. Six weeks. It was incredible. Even, even like, it was like in my last week of this actually, here, here's a nice little like bow at the end of it. The reason I got into the inner healing was because uh, 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 I, I was interested in this relationship with this girl. And then at the end of that six weeks, I remember sitting at, uh, um, at University, University of Wisconsin and I'm kind of like there in the cafe and I'm like reading a book and I'm like, oh my God, I just realized I haven't had a thought about wondering about like girls around me at all. Like, is anybody checking me out? Like, does, you know, like that, that kind of thing. And I was like, this has never happened 
before. <laughs> yeah, I think I even like talked to you, Steve, after I was like, Steve, Steve, I didn't give a crap what people thought about me. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole point, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, awesome. And uh, yeah, then yeah, now, now we're here now doing a, a podcast and and uh, yeah, it's that, that's that was my that was my thing, especially so growing up as like a pastor's kid, everything is about the show and everything and they didn't necessarily say that i don't think they would ever communicate that but there was definitely still like a um we need to show everybody else that things are okay you know even if they're not even if they're drastically not and y'all know my story it's like it's not it's not okay but it still felt like i had to put that out there you know so like to to be able to sit in a place and not even care what they thought was just huge for me and not care because you were secure in his love. And it's not just some ambiguous, intangible thing. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Truly it's this perfect love that drives out that fear. It's not putting up this wall of anger or bitterness or resentment <laughs> saying, I don't care what people think about me, <laughs> even though you deeply do. And you can tell, like, people are actually like insecure when they're like saying, like, whatever. I'm not, you know, like, um, like the little kid who gets called a, a name or something like no it doesn't hurt as tears well up in their eyes and you're, and you're like yeah it, it does man and um that's what i love about this is that kid still gets validated in a way that his his feelings matter or her feelings matter and he and god has always had it jesus always has a truth for them in that that's like particular for them mm-hmm. yeah that's so good when when God validates us, when God speaks the truth, which is that he loves us, that we're, we're um, his kids, that we have destiny, that he is able to do whatever needs to be done through us. You know, the, the whole truth of what the word says, right, is the, the, the things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us as we deal with our wrong beliefs, right? When he does that, your grid changes in your current life. And, and you find yourself being transformed in areas that you didn't think were related to anything that you got ministry over, right? So, so what happens is that his truth actually becomes what you live out. And so if you now know that God loves you and that you're valuable or whatever he did in your heart in that, in that moment where you got healing, now you don't have to get that from somebody else. And that sounds like might not be a good thing, but the truth is it's the way we're supposed to be connected to him as our source for everything, not our spouse, not our best friend, not our pastor, not anybody. You don't have that need anymore to be validated because Jesus has validated us which is the truth. But before you had the ministry, you knew it up here, but you didn't know it in your heart. So you operate out of your heart. And so the, your life begins to conform to what the truth is and your behaviors start to change and, and you become really the person that you really are, but just didn't know it. Because we were so full of all these other beliefs about ourselves, I hope that makes sense. Our, our current life transforms, and we become actually the person God created that was there all along that we just couldn't act out of. 
That's why it's so important in Romans 12, too. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we, we have a whole podcast. We should have a whole podcast on what that scripture means. Oh, so totally. let's do that one. Yeah. Oh, we have to talk about it. Yeah, that's a year of podcast, probably. And I think just to put a finer point on it too, Mary, it's like pockets of our heart. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Like there are there are places our heart is so complex. There's so many different facets to it. And it's not like someone has one session and they go from God doesn't love me to God loves me fully in their heart. But it's mm-hmm. it's uh, our healing, our transformation is directly proportional to whatever specifically God deals with. And some of those pockets in our heart that are filled with darkness in our soul when he meets us in those places boy that that makes a radical change in other places it's just some fine tuning and i know for me like just as an example when i was um first thinking about stepping out of church ministry to do this is that i couldn't believe that i went back to a memory because i felt trapped in that decision i go back to a memory being stuck in a snowbank and in my adult mind I probably thought about that once or twice over the years, but realizing I didn't die. But in that pocket in my heart or in my soul, there was a part of me that this lie got in that I was going to die because I could not get out of this hole in the snowbank that, that I had carved out for myself and nobody could see me. It was on the side of our house and I am stuck there and this lie just got in that I wasn't even aware of. And I just, spoiler alert, I didn't die. But um, I just remember being, because that was back in the days of like a really bad, incredible Hulk TV series. And I literally, in my mind was like, I'm just going to be the Hulk. And I broke out of this. But before then, I still could feel that trapped feeling. And then uh, the facilitator prayed, Lord, what does Steve need to know? And it was just like his simple, like, of course you didn't die and I'm here for you and, and, and you're okay. Wow. I know that sounds oversimplistic, but when that truth that was in my head also finds its way into my heart, boy, the sense of being trapped and doomed and going to die, that just changed in that place. We, we prayed, finished off the session, and then I thought, wow, I can make this decision. I'm not trapped. Not just my head, but my heart. And that's why I'm I'm here today is not just getting that confirmation from the Lord that I wasn't trapped, but also checking in with my bride. And Jenny said, I think this is what God has called you to do. And, And that's a real example of one little space in my heart that I never would have looked at, but was continually impacting me in ways that I didn't know. Yeah, man. That's powerful. That's what it looks like yeah. with every person who wants to get free of things. They, they start feeling negative emotion or they do feel negative emotion in their current life. And they look at why is this here? Where is it coming from? What, what belief did I pick up along the way that is still in effect today? And I don't even realize it a lot of the time. And then letting the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, by the way, is what he's called. Mm-hmm. Letting the spirit of truth enter into that place and bring the truth that we need. And then our life changes. Our current life changes without any effort, without any continual maintenance of that, without ever having to deal with that particular issue again. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. 
I have never come across anything in my life that could do that except Jesus. So really, ultimately, in summary, what we do is bring people to Jesus, truly help their hearts come to a place where they're ready to receive what he has for them. And and that changes everything. And it reminds me of what Jesus said, right? What, What the greatest commandment is, right? To love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay, you can't you can't do that if you're not letting him love your soul, your mind, all of you really. You can't ever do that. So it's a, it's a big priority. You know, what we do is extremely valuable and I know the Lord loves it. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. If any of this has resonated with you or helped you at all, please share it with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe. And we'll see you next time.